And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Hello. Well, it was fascinating yesterday to see Democrats basically freaking out uh, and trying to come up with uh, an analogy for the New York Times uh, Siena poll that uh, showed uh, Trump beating Biden in five out of six. Um, purple states, do we call them? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. And the uh, j- just to give you an example, uh, uh, Georgia, Trump would win by six. Pennsylvania, Trump wins by four. Michigan, Trump wins by five. Wisconsin, Trump loses by two. Hmm. Nevada, Trump wins by 11. Arizona, Trump wins by five. All right. So you see that, all right? Yeah. And then they, they have him up against uh, Harris, and he still takes five out of six. All right. And I didn't see the other part of it where they actually put in Biden running against DeSantis or Nikki Haley. This is where it gets interesting. Mm -hmm. In Georgia, DeSantis wins by one. Pennsylvania, DeSantis wins by four. Michigan, Biden wins by one. Arizona, DeSantis wins by four. Mm. Nevada, DeSantis wins by four. And in Wisconsin, DeSantis wins by four. Mm -hmm. So, wow, that that means in Nevada... You have Republicans that will go go vote for Biden, or what is it? <laughs> no, no, it's just that Trump is such a huge lead. Trump breaks fifty percent in Nevada. Okay, and DeSantis is at forty five hmm. uh, there. But the most interesting part of this that they don't you ha- I didn't hear any of this. Who really kicks major posterior against Biden in mm. the? Go ahead in the New York Times poll. Not Chris Christie. (laughs) (laughs) You are correct, sir. 
<laughs> who kicks major posterior? And I mean major. I just happened to come upon this uh, was a couple of commercial breaks ago and was yeah. telling you it and going, I can't believe these numbers. Right. Who absolutely kicks Biden's butt? Nikki Haley. That has to be independence. Nikki Haley wins all of the six states. Okay, but the numbers are very fascinating. So, are you ready? Okay. All right. In Georgia, Nikki Haley against Biden. Haley wins by five. Pennsylvania, Haley wins by 10. Michigan, Haley wins by 10. Arizona, Haley wins by nine. Nevada, Haley wins by nine. Wisconsin, Haley wins by 14. That's a 16-point swing from Trump because he loses by two in Wisconsin, correct? Yes. And I think you're right. That's all independence. That's independence. It's all independence. But she's not going to get the nomination. No. But I mean, <laughs> I look. There's well, been I mean, so much discussion as who, <laughs> as to who he would pick for Veep. I I wouldn't place a bet on Nikki Haley, but I also wouldn't rule it out completely. See, this is where this is where I have no expertise in this at all, mm-hmm. because I look at Nikki Haley, and not that I wouldn't vote for her as a Republican candidate, but I view her as much more milk toast. And when she finally does say something, it's like, uh, like when she did the whole thing about move Disney to South Carolina. Yeah, it's like shut up. And I was telling you during the break, she leans more toward. Liz Cheney, she's not full Liz Cheney. No, no, no. But she leans more toward Liz Cheney and Mitt Romney than she does to the far right, which is the appeal to the independents. Mm -hmm. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but... I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. But I mean those are battleground state numbers. No, those are that's that's that, I mean that's yeah. And I don't care whether it's a year out because here's what we look, the polls aren't exact and it is a year out. But when you yeah. when you see these wide disparities that you just normally don't see, that's where you say, okay, you know, you see DeSantis and oh, he doesn't do as well as Trump does. Right. And it's like, okay, he's got a reputation too. He's been sufficiently demonized by the, uh, you know, by the media, even though he has had tremendous amount of success in Florida. But he's been demonized. You know, both from both from Trump, from both sides, he's been he's been demonized. But Nikki Haley, I mean, just through the roof. Plus five, plus 10, plus 10, plus nine, plus nine, plus 14 in battleground states. Those are numbers that you see in red states. Yeah. Solidly. A plus 14. And I would I would love to see what the what the lead would be in Texas. I, I would assume she would beat Biden in Texas, but I'd like to see if it's 14. <laughs> That's it might not very be, interesting. It, it might not be 14. In it Texas. may not be 14 right. in Texas. It it might be eight or nine. Yeah. That's very interesting. You got to have the independence to win. Yeah, that was, like I said, that was that made me sit back and go, whoa, wow. And I'm sure it probably made some inside the Republican Party go, whoa, maybe it, maybe Trump went, hmm. Well, lo- looking at a vice presidential candidate. Well, and the fact that Trump would only be eligible to serve one more term. Right. And she's still young enough to, in 28, take the reins and go. And and the question would be, would independents, if they're the ones who are not on board for Trump, would they say, okay, if she's on the ticket, that changes it, and my vision is for, you know, beyond the next four years or whatever. And I don't want to play too much into one in into no. one poll, but but no. it's just it's so it was just so fascinating to see that. And then just one more thing. Mm. In Michigan. Trump wins by five okay. in the poll. Okay. Uh, DeSantis loses by one to Biden in Michigan. Hmm. Nikki Haley wins by 10. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is what I want analysis on this. I don't want analysis. I'm sick and tired of yeah. the analysis. Well, the false analysis that you're getting from Democrats about why Biden is looting, losing to Trump. Yeah. Well, you know, um, uh, reason is uh, we haven't messaged correctly. We just need we need Biden and Harris out there even more than they are right now mm-hmm. promoting their agenda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't even get by that one. <laughs> That's what they're saying. That's a, some are some are saying that. 
Others are saying, well, okay, may he might be he might be too old. But there were the defenders out there for, or the, not the defenders, but the excuse makers for Biden yesterday. Mm-hmm. They we, and we played a ton of them in the first hour. You can go back, listen to our podcast when it comes out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, because it was just like, shut up, people! <laughs> you know, right? Stop lying. You know, at least if you're talking about your own party and the problems that they have, you know, have some self awareness and yeah. don't lie. Don't right. obviously lie. Right. As they and we saw the other representative yesterday when she came out and said, well, you know, blacks and minorities, they vote with their feelings. And so they really don't know what's going on. And we need to we need to tell them what's going on because they really don't know. And, uh, yeah, the people that vote for us are idiots and they really you know, they don't really vote. They don't. There's no critical thinking there. Mm -hmm. That's what you're getting. Right. Oh, my God. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, but it is fascinating to look at these numbers here. And again, it's just one poll. But the movement within the poll based on the the different candidates. Yeah, that's the interesting part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I never would have seen that coming. And the only explanation is independence oh yeah i don't know what else it could be now just very quickly because we we've gone through the number of democrats that were talking about you know why biden is down it's like sorry you don't have it you don't have it you don't have it right and sometimes i just think that no democrat has it even ones that i say okay they're trying to be intellectually honest as to what's going on mm. uh, uh roy tahara and uh, john judas wrote a book where have both Democrats, where have all the Democrats gone? The Solon Party in the age of extremes. All right. And there's a, where have all the Democrats gone? To win back the allegiance of working class Americans, Democrats should stake out a middle ground in the culture war and prioritize a New Deal style economic agenda. So what they're saying is, and you asked a great question when I we I talked to you about this off the air and you said, Where's the middle ground well, in the culture? Yeah, war? where where is that middle ground? Yeah, you know this is it. It sounds like uh, the Neil deGrasse Tyson type of approach on the issue. Well, what we need to do is just find uh, you know middle ground. I'm just kind of making it up. I don't even know if it would work. Just middle ground, middle ground. No, there is no middle ground in the culture wars. There isn't. Neither side is asking for middle ground. I know that in, I know that in uh, this book they talk about the fact that identity politics has to go. Yeah. Well, it's well. To, how do you how do you do that? Well, to say the to say that the because what they're saying is identity politics have to go. There's got to be a middle ground in the culture war. We don't know where our middle ground is. You got to explain on that issue what on on the culture war issues what that would be. Right. Well, well I mean, where is the middle ground? on the radical transgender movement that would be accepted by the radical transgender movement, which is the a core of the congressional Democratic Party. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground there, no. And, you know, that's that's it. When, you know, they say we need to, and it's true, they should end identity politics. But how do you do that after... Uh, a generation or two now of indoctrination. 
You can't yeah. go you can't go unteach that. There's no. no way to undo that. You've created this and there's no there's no turning around. Yeah, the because because of the 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 culture wars which I'll consider which I'll include the wokeness and and everything else. Yeah. Right. In, in our college campuses today, you've got uh prob- the from you if you extrapolated out the majority of young Democrats who believe that Hamas is right. Right. Yep. But how do you change that one? Well, how do you, how do you change it when so many young Democrats believe that if you say that you can change biology just by saying so? Right. How do you change it? Once you brainwash to that level, how do you change it? And then when they have here, prioritize a New Deal economic agenda. Sorry, the money isn't there to do that. Right. So that gives you massive inflation. It's like everybody, and Mr. Teher has written some good articles. We've read a lot of what he has put out there right, as right. a, you know, as a Democrat saying these are the, and they are the problems, but how do you change a political? We ask the question. We don't know how you do it. When you, for 40 years, play identity politics and you judge people by groups and not individuals, how do you all of a sudden say, from today on, we judge people as individuals and not by groups, and we don't judge people as victims or oppressors. That's been the core of the federal party for the last 40 years, yep. 50 years. Yeah. How do you change it? You can change it. You, you absolutely cannot. That iceberg is dead ahead. There's no changing the course of that ship. 866-90-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested. Trusted. Guaranteed since 1920. Connecting veterans with careers within the federal government and U.S. Department of Agriculture. That is one of the many duties for Monshi Ramdas, USDA's military veterans agricultural liaison. Connecting veterans with paid apprenticeship through USDA and the Department of Defense's SkillBridge program and working with the Department of Veterans Affairs, helping veterans to gain valuable civilian work experience through non-paid internships with USDA agencies. In addition, through the SkillBridge program, military veterans can also enter into internships on farms across America through this program called Arm to Farm, which is offered by a nonprofit that we work with known as ATRA across 45 states in America, collaborating with farms in those states. I'm Rod Bade reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Loops. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Looking at some economic uh, indicators here. Uh, small businesses are increasingly turning to credit cards as a key source of funding as they continue to grapple with still high inflation. A new small business index published by Intuit QuickBooks shows that unlike large firms, a significant number of small businesses have relied on credit cards over the past 12 months. Well, mm. large firms wouldn't. 
Right. Large firms are more corporations, so they're they're not going to use somebody's they may credit have, card. They may have credit lines, but yes, not credit cards. Not credit cards. Um, but a significant number of small businesses have relied on credit cards over the past 12 months. In the U.S., 30% of small businesses have used credit cards as the primary or secondary source of funding. Boy. Another 22% relied on a loan or line of credit to cover expenses. Credit card usage among small business owners spiked in 2021 when inflation began to rise and has been steadily increasing since then. In total, monthly credit card spending by small businesses is 20% higher on average Hmm. than it was before the COVID-19 pandemic. That amounts to about $3,000 per small business. Mm Wow. You know, I was telling you about the, the one uh, uh, brewery, taco place, that uh, I used to go to once in a while, and they're closing up. And they said, no, you know, actually business was good and everything else. Said, yeah, prices were going up, but they had a place, a small place, 2500 a month, lease up, end of November, 8000 a month. Yep. That's yeah. 5500 more a month. That's almost eighty thousand dollars in extra expenses just by rent and they said it told me it said it was an easy decision we're done yeah we're gone your profit is gone so yeah. you can't stay yeah you know you can't raise on uh you know to that extent a small business can't raise prices you know the uh cfo of chipotle and ceo of mcdonald's commenting in the media about the twenty dollars an hour in california and both said, yeah, we'll be raising our menu prices, but we don't know how high. Uh, Chipotle said probably in the mid to upper single digits, so 5 to 9% on the menu. McDonald's didn't say it, but they both said, yeah, we have to do this. We have to raise prices, at least in California. Join the conversation. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Welcome and good morning. Uh, we're talking about uh, the uh, media and Democrats' reaction uh, yesterday to the uh, polling, the New York Times poll hmm. about uh, Biden and uh, the book that was uh, written by a couple of Democrats saying that uh, the uh, Democrats... Number one, have to get rid of identity politics, and they have to find middle ground on the culture wars. And we said, where's the middle ground on the culture wars? Let's go to Kevin in San Diego. Kevin, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. A long-time listener, first-time caller. Thanks. Uh, I just heard you guys talking about some of the cultural war stuff, and I just want to call and put my two cents in. Okay. I, I apologize in advance if I lose you. I'm in a rural, rural area. Um, you guys were kind of talking about where to find a middle ground in terms of the cultural war with the transgender community. And I was thinking that, you know, regardless of your politics, most even people that I've spoken to across the aisle, the kind of middle ground on that is that they don't think it's fair that 
genetically born males should be able to compete against females in female sports um, while still, if they're particularly Democrats and liberals, the ones I've spoken to seem to think that that shouldn't be okay, even if they are able to exist and, and live. But I think it's kind of been across the board that it's unfair for males to compete against females. And I'm not sure exactly what the book you guys were reading said, but I kind of felt like that was somewhere the middle ground in which they were speaking about, specifically with the transgender community. Well, it would seem like that might be middle ground. It might seem like, but it's not. Because, because the, 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 the fight is between the activists and pretty much everybody else. So there's your those are your two right. sides, and that's well, really not. Well, right. where did it? Who's the who? No. Who got this moving? Who got it moving? Who was the who was the person who really was the catalyst in in changing federal law or reinterpreting federal law so males could play against females? Do you know who that was? Um, it was I, honestly it, no, I do not. It was it was President Obama. Before in his last okay. year, when he when he was the one that moved to change Title IX, he also said afterwards, uh, before he got out, not only did he believe in the transgender movement, and that was the official moving of not just that okay, transgenders exist where you believe that you're the opposite sex, but it was the Democratic Party and their leader at the time that pushed it, even to the point where. When before he was uh, leaving office in um, uh, uh, December of 2016, where he did an interview with the Atlantic, when they asked him, they said, "You know, you refer, you identify as black, yet you know you're mixed. Why do you do that?" And he said, "Well, I've come to understand that even race is a social construct. The the basic you know radical belief that your race can be based on what you think you are." So understand that's how radical Obama was on those particular uh, issues. Now on the equity bill that just with that uh, was passed by the uh, the House when the Democrats were in control a couple of years ago, I believe every single Democrat in the House voted for it, and that included having men play sports against women. Uh, when you look at the Ivy League, when you look at what happened in the Ivy League and the women there overwhelming support from democrats so even if the public may view that as a middle ground understand that the radicals that are the federal democratic party are never going to go to that position because they've worked so hard to get there and the radical the transgender movement doesn't wish to go there at all uh and understand that when you say that men should play against women what you're then saying is that a man who says he is a woman is a woman, and that's a core of their belief. And that part of it, I don't believe, is going to change, or I don't believe any Democrat on the federal level is going to suggest that. No, and I probably agree with you on most of what you're saying. I'm not really speaking on behalf of Democrats in Congress. Um, I'm more speaking on behalf of <clears throat> People that I've spoken with that identify as independents, people that vote across the aisle, um, I don't think that what the Democrats are going to do at a cons at a congressional level, we're not going to be able to necessarily be able to change that from just 
the independent voter. I'm speaking solely as people that I've spoken to who want to see both sides of the argument. And right, but that that, that wasn't that that wasn't the discussion. The discussion was what should the Democratic Party do, and our point was. The Democratic Party is not going to do that. They because the not, suggestion was yeah. that the Democratic Party should find middle ground on in the culture wars. There is yeah. no middle ground at all because the extreme part of that party will not let that happen. The activists that lead the party will not let that yeah, happen. Yeah, but I, I would agree with you. Probably most independents uh, would agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you on that. Most independents would. But it's whether the okay. Democratic Party would be willing. In, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I, I apologize. I did come in partway through your guys' conversation, so I was kind of on the back end of it. Oh, okay. I'm coming yeah. home late. On no, a, no yeah. problem. So I didn't hear the initial part of it, but I did want to, you know, stress that I think, you know, maybe not for what you're saying is radical left Democrats. You're probably not going to be able to persuade them, but based on the book or the idea of what they're saying is that you should find a middle ground. I think that there are Democrats and I think that there are independents and liberals that would agree with that kind of being the middle ground while still agreeing that they have um, the opportunity to exist with in their own life. Well, just that's not that you can choose your sexual or choose who you are as a person. Well, like you said, black. Yeah, but, but what you're saying you know. is but but they don't. It, the the goal is not just to say, I believe I'm a woman. Leave me alone. That's not what the movement's about well, at all. The and, movement and, and, is about you must accept what I am. You must you women must compete against men and if you don't like it, we will intimidate you. This is mainstream in the federal Democratic Party. And I say federal because that's Congress. And and in the administration in both the Obama administration and the Biden administration and you abide by it or we'll destroy your life like they're attempting to do to Leah Tom, not Leah Thomas uh, Raleigh Gaines. Uh, and other Ivy League swimmers right now. So you're saying the middle ground is live and let live. That is not at all what their philosophy is. Well, and it's also not for those that are saying for for those that are saying uh, that they shouldn't play in the sports. There's no one in this argument that's saying they shouldn't be able to live their life the way they want to. So that's really not middle ground because it actually is. Well, I think what. What I think you're saying right there is what is the middle ground to people that are, aren't conservatives, that they have the right to exist, but within that right to exist does not mean that you can compete against women when you were genetically born a male. I've heard you guys say in the past it's unfair because you're working against, it's counterproductive towards the women's movement. And I think when you look at it from that level, I think that's somewhat of a middle ground. Well, but that's now, where maybe but, you're not going to get the far left on that and maybe. You know, you're not going to be able to convince Democrats who are making the decisions that necessarily. But again, from an independent level and from even a most I think most Democrats that I've spoken to, that's just kind of where I'm at with it in terms of I don't think it's fair that they compete. And we're trying to find what would be a middle ground. And I think that would probably be the closest thing I could. All right. Now, here's here's what I'll give you, Kevin. There are probably. If you actually went into the Democrats in Congress, where I think it was 99 you know, or 100% voted to allow men to do it, I bet you that half of them don't actually agree with it but felt intimidated to do it. That's where the bullying comes in. That's where the intimidation 
uh, comes in. And remember, that is a part of the mainstream of the movement that it is accepted to do that. And if you don't agree with it, you know, you, we will do everything we can. As as Riley Gaines has said and the other swimmers said, they were told you'll lose your scholarship. You'll use you'll lose your ability. You may be suspended from school if you don't agree that males should compete. So it goes more than just, you know, what you want of a particular individual and what their particular freedom should be. And I don't know any conservative who has said that if that you shouldn't be able to live your own life, maybe there is. Somebody well, who that's, calls themselves, that's but the majority even, don't think that. That's, that's not, not even the That's argument. not actually the debate. The debate yes. of, of how they live their life isn't isn't a national debate. And so it is about whether or not they should be able to play sports. And conservatives are saying no. And, yeah, plenty of independents are saying it. Plenty of Democrats are saying it, and some feel they can't say it out loud, yeah. including the the, the athletes that are being affected directly by that. Thank you for the call, Kevin. But yeah. but that's what it comes down to, is that we have to uh, be uh, very careful about what the actual debate is. The debate isn't about if anybody has the right to live their life. They, of course they have the right to live their life the way they want to. They can live their life the way they want to. Now let's have the the debate, the actual debate, which is what's going on, about whether or not men should be able to play in women's sports. And, you know, that's, there is no middle ground there. That's, that's not, that's not the compromise. The compromise wasn't, okay, we'll allow you to live your life and the way you want to, but you can't play. That's not part. It's not conditional. Anybody saying you shouldn't be able to live the life, uh, live your life the way you want to. You know, basically, is defying uh, the uh, uh, the the principles of the founding of our nation. You're free to live your life the way you want to, and I frankly don't care how you want to live your life. We're not going to change science. We're not going to change the definition of words, and men shouldn't be playing women's sports. And remember, the other thing that comes from it, and and we had talked about this with Bill Maher going up against uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson in, in his uh, podcast, uh, you know, where they were talking about the whole transgender movement and, and college campuses and everything like that. Remember, with it comes the fact that that these colleges wish to deny you your free speech. That has become mainstream inside the Democratic Party. You know, we saw it, remember, when was it Tom Cotton, I believe, that was asking the question, to the Berkeley professor about the transgender movement and asking questions in earnest, what do you believe? And she said, that's unacceptable. That's offensive. You said, I'm asking you a question. I'm not making any judgments. Asking the question should not be permitted. So actually the transgender, the radical transgender movement came into, you don't have free speech to even ask questions on these topics anymore. And so our point was the two Democrats who wrote the book, that's saying this is what the Democrats need to do, that they need to find, that they need to find, and they're writing this as Democrats, they need to find a middle ground on the cultural uh, issues out there. We're like, where to the Democrats is a middle ground? Exactly. And the middle ground is the insanity of what you're, they think they're in the middle ground right now. Right. That was actually our point. Right. Not that there aren't independents out there yeah. that uh, 
you know, uh, believe that men shouldn't compete against women. Right. Yeah. So thanks for the call. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. I guess on all issues you could say, for Democrats, what is a middle ground? What would they consider a middle ground? And I think it's where they stand now. Yeah. Where they stand now on the issues is, is the middle ground. Because, say, well, if the Democrats, the, these are Democrats saying the Democrats need to find a middle ground on these cultural issues. When they need to make find the middle ground on all these issues. All right, what's the middle ground on illegal immigration? Right. What is the middle ground on spending? Right. You know, they, they they sit there and they the the two Democrats when they wrote the book on what the Democrats have to do uh, said they need to find the middle ground. Okay, we need um, let me see. We need to spend trillions and trillions and borrow trillions of dollars and uh, you know have a uh, Roosevelt kind of well. New that's deal. it. I mean, because it's, I mean, for, it's on, it's, on that it's, issue. It's not whether or not they're going to spend more money. It's where to spend more money? Yes, yeah. That we don't have. That we don't have. And so that's not middle ground. Right. Middle middle ground would be saying, "All right, we need to cut. We need to cut the increase in spending in half right. over the next ten years." Right. Republicans want it stopped now. We're willing to do half. Right. Right. That would be yeah. the. That right. would be if if you were. I'm not. I'm not saying I would agree with it. I'm just saying. If that's what you're saying, your effort is is to be to have a middle ground that you're too far to the left. All right, well then, how far will you go to the right? Right. Well, you're saying you need a new deal, which means you want to spend trillions more dollars than you have right now. That's not a middle ground to anybody, right? Except the people getting the money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We want Republicans to find middle ground. Let's work on that first when it comes to spending. How about that? This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.